Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. So, you know, encourage women to be documenting, taking those photos, regardless of what season they were in. Because I know for a while, I had really kind of put things on hold in my life, like until, oh, until, you know, we we did a big renovation in the home. So until the house looks a certain way, then I'll decorate this way, or then I'll host this party, or then I'll, and you don't realize how much time is slipping away. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 199. In this episode, I'm joined by Mandy Marks to chat about being your authentic self and cultivating crafty communities online and off. Hey, Mandy, welcome to Scrapbook Your Way. Hi, I'm so glad to be here today. Yes, I'm looking forward to our conversation, but can you kick things off and share a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So I am, I currently live in Illinois in Lamont, just about 20 minutes outside of Chicago. Um, I am 45 years old. I am married. I have two kids. Um, my son is going to be 24 actually on Saturday. And then my daughter's going to be 21 next month. So I've got, um, you know, young adults Mm -hmm. and, um, I teach high school full time. I teach family and consumer science, which some people know as, um, used to be called home economics, but you know, we kind of, um, gear more towards careers in the different culinary areas and child development and parenting and things like that. So that's what I spend my days uh, doing is hanging out with high school students. And then um, it's been just over about two years that I started a little crafty business called Pink Crafty Cottage that I do um, in my spare time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we will get into more of that. Now, I'm curious about a couple things. Sure. One, it seems like there's like, you know, a really good connection between your personal passions and what you teach. You can like, you know, you can kind of connect those things together. So it's really interesting to see how, you know, the old style of home ec has, has evolved as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. I have learned that I teach, um, high school students, curriculum differently than when I go to teach crafting though, because I'm a little bit more of a, like, just jump in and do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not quite a planner. So it's been interesting to figure out my teaching style to be able to suit um, other people who are trying to learn how to do some of the crafting I do. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. Um, I think we all like notice our own tendencies and when we're putting on one hat versus the other. So to observe that and, and figure out how, what you need to tailor differently is, is really cool. So, yeah, 
And then you also said you currently live in Chicago or in the Chicago Metroland area. How long have you lived there? Um, so I actually moved into Illinois when I was starting fourth grade. Um, oh, okay. I was born on the East Coast. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. And my dad moved around um, with his job a little bit when I was young. And then we settled in Illinois and we stayed. So I've been in Illinois since, um, you know, the 80s. And then I have been in Lamont. Um, we actually live in the house that my husband's um, grandfather built, like built it with his own hands. Um, wow. I, have, I have pictures of it being built. It's the first house on the block in our neighborhood. And it's right off of um, historic Route 66. So we have a lot of history um, in this house. And we've been in this house now oh gosh, like 20 years, I think, because we lived with his parents for a little while and then ours. So been here a long time. <laughs> that is really cool. What, Yeah, to have a, fam- a house like that in your family. And uh, what, a, what a fun story. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So Mandy, what's exciting you now in memory keeping? This really could be anything at all. What's kind of floating your boat? Um, so one of the things that I'm really loving that um, I... I say I just got into, but I obviously did it when I was a kid being a kid in the eighties is, um, is doing things with stickers. So Mm. part of that, um, the BFF sticker club, I bought their year of sticker book and you can do a daily sticker and then they do weekly challenges. And, um, it's just a really nice way to be creative without a lot of overthinking. And it just brings back that like simple, reward from being a kid. So I'm really loving that. Um, And, you know, choosing a sticker like to represent the day is just that tiny bit of memory keeping that you can like flip back and figure out, you know, easily like, oh, okay, well, there's a food sticker. Obviously, that's what we had for dinner or, you know, grumpy bear. Oh, I must have had a bad day or something Mm -hmm. like that. So um, that's just a really simple, fun one. And um, then I've haven't been making as many junk journals as I like to when I first got into them. And so I'm really excited this year for December Daily. I'm actually going to do a junk journal instead of a six by eight album so that I can play with all of the Christmas collections that I've been like hoarding and then <laughs> not using. Um, Cause I really want to just use some of it and mix and match and, and not be so st- I want to say stuck, but I'm a very theme person. So when I do a six by eight and I've chosen a collection, I like kind of stick to it with only a little adding of other things. So I'm going to try something different this year. And I'm really excited because there's just so much Christmas stuff that's been sitting there like staring at me. (laughs) Like, please use me. (laughs) Yes, yes. I think that transition from hoarding mindset to using mindset is so important. And I think we've all been there because when you were talking about the stickers, all I can think of is I wish we had the BFF sticker club when I was a kid, because all I did was hoard my stickers and never use them. And, right. You know, and to just have like intentional ways to, to play with them. You know, it's like guided creative play. And yeah. I, I absolutely love how we can think about those things differently now. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Cause it, it forces you to like, go ahead and, and use them. And you're still going to be able to look at them because they're in that sticker book. They're just not on the sheet anymore. You know, so they're, they're finding a different home with their similar, you know, style or similar color or theme or whatever it might be. So it's a lot of fun. And I'm curious for those of our listeners who maybe don't know what a junk journal is, can you elaborate more on what that is? Oh, sure. Um, so there's a variety of junk journals. There's, um, you know, junk journals that are, uh, 
sewn in uh, with like signatures. There's junk journals. The ones that I enjoy making are taking typically vintage, but sometimes new ones, depending on the theme, little golden books, and just taking the spine off and then using binder rings to create um, a journal that way. And I usually keep at least some, if not all, of the pages from the storybook in there. And then you can add all sorts of other papers, types of papers. You can add envelopes, bags. Uh, and the whole concept is, I mean, on the one hand, it's really, if you go back, it's using junk. So genuinely, like, you know, you've got junk mail, you've got leftover envelopes, you've got random pieces of paper. It was kind of using up things, almost like recycling. And so you can do that or you can even put new things in there. So um, it's just a really fun, creative way to be able to add all sorts of different textures and elements into your crafting. People will sew things into them, add trims, you know, along the edges, create all different clips or interactive things. It can get really big and fluffy. You're not kind of bound by any um any size album or, you know, different pocket pages or things like that. So it's very, it's very freeing, but it's also very overwhelming when you first start because there's so many possibilities. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I can see how it's like a, I don't know, creative training. You said you were, you tend to be very matchy matchy. You want to like, you know, pick a collection and, and roll with it. But, you know, giving this type of project seems to give you the permission to experiment with mix and matching, which I can imagine could only build your confidence in doing more of that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's interesting because I still am very drawn to my themes, you know. So if I'm putting in like um, when I've done like a strawberry shortcake junk journal, for example, you know, if I'm going to put like a recipe page in there, it's going to be a recipe that goes along with strawberries or like lemon chiffon cake or <laughs> like <laughs> I still take my my coordination, my theme very seriously. And some individuals, I've bought a lot of junk journals from others too, because I just admire others' work. And, you know, they can be much more um, free with like literally putting all sorts of things in there. And I love that. And I do have some freedom, but yeah, I still, I still love making those, those connections of, you know, tying it all in. Um, But it is, it's very freeing and it's, it's an interesting way to, to do some memory keeping or journaling and, you know, use different things that you have. Yes. Yes. So fun. Uh, Before we like kind of jump in further to learning more about your style and what you do as a crafter and both as as a community leader, I'm curious if you have any kind of memory keeping bucket list, some sort of story you want to tell, whether it's in a junk journal format or a traditional scrapbooking format, you know, what hasn't been captured yet for you? So what hasn't been captured is we took a trip for my 40th birthday. So... (laughs) five years, almost six years now, because I'll be 46 in December. And I can't believe it's like, oh my gosh, I still haven't done that. I had always wanted to go to Disney at Christmas time. I'm a Christmas baby, December 22nd. So um, my husband decided, you know, what, instead of just going at some point, let's, let's make it more special. Let's go for your 40th birthday. You know, we'll truly go like at Christmas time for your birthday. And we even attended the, the Christmas party that they do. They actually had one on my birthday. So um, it was a really awesome trip. And both my kids were in high school. So they were, you know, a little bit older. Um, so it was a really unique, special experience. And I've been dying to craft it and tell that story. So um, it's on my bucket list. I really have it tentatively scheduled for like February. Mm-hmm. And I've even told my community like, okay, February, we're going to focus on Disney. Like we're going to focus on telling Disney stories and documenting those photos that haven't been done yet. Because 
that I know people have them and like they want to, and they maybe just haven't gotten to it. So that's what's on my bucket list currently. Yes. And I know that like that kind of accountability, it makes a huge difference. You know, just stating publicly what you're going to do is a huge first step. So yeah. Well, yeah. Cause now they'll be like, wait, when are we doing it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't you say you were working on Disney? <laughs> So I want to kind of start off our deeper conversation, a bit of a fun note, just, you know, you know, talking to you on Instagram and seeing your feed, your crafty style is very vibrant and very eclectic. And I'm curious if you had to pick between 80s nostalgia, Care Bears, Strawberry Shortcake, Rainbow Bright, and kind of 50s vintage, which one would you choose? Uh, this is an awesome question because I had to look at this and go, oh, okay, I got to think about this. Like, I really have to think about it. And what I decided, though, is because I am such a theme person, when it comes to the 80s nostalgia, I love using that to craft anything that is the 80s nostalgia stuff. So uh, I hosted a retreat this summer that had an 80s theme to it. So like I'll be using a lot of stuff with that because, of course, I bought the T-shirts and had all the things. Um, but in like my day to day or even in um, like a project that I had been working on, um, 52 Weeks of Me where you're really documenting like things about your yourself, I really can use the 50s vintage in more projects because it does lend itself easier to like the colors I might wear in my regular day-to-day or different things that would tie in as far as like, you know, recipe cards or like guest checks or different things that I like to do. So as much as I love my 80s, my 80s really has a place like with 80s, whereas the 50s vintage I can use through more projects. Yes, I love it. Great answer. This like takes me back to a project that I did. It was this was way before even scrapbooking for me. I was designing a website in like the mid 90s and I took all my grandma's like old like sewing catalogs and McCall's magazines and I scanned like all these pictures from it and it was just it was so cool to have those things and unfortunately I don't think I have most of the files anymore but I totally I totally get you and and kind of uh having that aesthetic the colors the patterns the look um how much that carries over to today so yeah. Oh, the the images and the illustrations were just so different yes. than what we have now too. So yeah, just some of them are just so, so beautiful. And yeah, just really tie in to different things that you might be celebrating or documenting. So yeah, really cool. Yes, yes, yes. So one of the topics I'd really like to focus on is, is creating a really personalized community around the things that you love. Because as I've noticed, as you've grown Paint Crafty Cottage, it's so very authentically you. You're, you know, you said you just had an 80s retreat. That's something that you love and is fun for you. So I'm curious, what what is the vision for your business? It's such a great question. And it's it's really funny because those in my community know for a long time, for me, the word business was like a four-letter word that I never wanted to say. Oh. <laughs> because um, my goal when I started the Pink Crafty Cottage was really all about community. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it was. I wanted it to be, you know, a safe space. I wanted to encourage 
both men and women, but so far it's just women. So, you know, encourage women to be documenting, taking those photos, regardless of what season they were in. Because I know for a while I had really kind of put things on hold in my life, like until, oh, until, you know, we, we did a big renovation in the home. So until the house looks a certain way, then I'll decorate this way, or then I'll host this party, or then I'll, and you don't realize how much time is slipping away. Mm. And you're not necessarily documenting like the day to day. And then you don't have that story. So really, my overall goal, and it's continued to stay this way is to be a community. It's really all about community and that encouragement. And then I just take the fact that I love to, you know, put together themes, host themes, things like that as a way for to get people involved. Um, and I, you know, I tried doing some different things. I've tried selling product to like to offer it to women and things like that. And, um, you know, tried a few things. And now I'm really coming back to my main focus of being community. So either classes and workshops that might have product, you know, or I love creating kits, but really the community is what it's all about. Um, we love having, I do Zooms for us to just craft and hang out. So that's really the, the vision is that community. And how, you know, because you obviously are doing things online and off, how do you experience, feel about the difference between online and offline community today in 2022? Um, it's interesting because it isn't all that different at this point. Um, I mean, it's so awesome to be in person and be able to like, you know, be right there, see what the other person is doing or give that person a hug or like, you know, hear their laugh right there, not through the computer. But I had the pleasure at this retreat that I hosted over the summer of meeting ladies that I've known. Um, I'm the gal who rode with me and did the road trip with me. I've known her for five plus years and hadn't met her in person until like a month before the retreat. And it was funny. It didn't matter. Like, I mean, the, we, it was like we had, you know, hung out together for, for five years. So it it's very interesting that it's, it's a little bit different. And of course, it's wonderful. But that online experience is just, it's amazing. And especially if you don't have people, you know, close at home, yes. that you can, you know, you can get together with and connect with, or even for introverts, where it's a little safer for them to, you know, to still be in their own space, um, but be, you know, with others. Sometimes people want to have their camera off, or they like to use the chat before they talk you know, live. And so it's, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice space. It really is. Well, and I just love how kind of the lines are blurred. And I think we, you know, 10 years ago, we kind of referred to our in real life friends and our online friends. And now like there's, there's just so much crossover between the two because it's just so much easier, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, to, to absolutely make your point, one of my online crafty friends, who lives in Holland will actually be arriving at my house on Saturday to stay with me for a week. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. She's never been to the U S and she's coming to the U S and she's coming and staying with me so we can just be together as friends and craft. So yeah, I'd love to hear more about how you've personally developed like deeper connections with others. I know that you said that you, um, your friend Katie rode with you to the retreat and I'm just, yeah, I'm curious about, how it's kind of helped you personally. Yeah, it's so on the one hand, I don't have a hard time connecting with people. And I don't say that in a in a, a conceited way. I say that in a funny way, because like, my daughter for a phase, like hated going anywhere with me because, you know, like, I go to Costco to put 
gas in the car and the one attendant would come over and talk to me every day. I walk into Hallmark, you know, they'd be like, Oh, Hey Mandy, how are you? How's this? You know, like I, I make friends everywhere I go. <laughs> you sound like my husband. I also find it sometimes annoying to go places with him because of that. <laughs> yeah. My husband said to me one day, he finally said, you know, you have a face that literally says, please come and tell me your whole life story. I would love to hear it because he's been with me where people like walk up or people assume I work at whatever store I'm at. Can you help me find such and such? And, you know, nine times out of 10, like Target or the craft stores, I'm like, well, I don't work here, but let me show you where it is because yeah. I do know where it is. So, yes. um, but having the online community has really helped with connecting when it comes to a crafting community, because I do, I have great friends, you know, in-person friends, you know, that live by me or I work with or things like that, but they don't all have quite the same level of passion about crafting, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that I do. So finding those connections and being able to find people that, you know, are your people or are your tribe that, you know, get those nuances of you when it's like, oh my God, did you see that new collection? Or, oh my gosh, are you going to do this project? Or, um, so that's, that's what's really helped is finding those connections and seeing different people's styles and how it, you know, we can kind of learn from each other and create things together. That's, that's, what's really so neat about it. Yeah. I love the learning from each other parts because, you know, as a a fellow online teacher, I can't possibly know how to do everything. I actually started with the digital scrapbooking. And so I don't have, you know, a, that many decades of history in, in paper. And so I love learning new techniques from others. And that's that's what makes community so vibrant is just not the leadership, but the peer relationships. Yeah, it's really important. So as a high school teacher, I'm imagining you're always kind of getting a sneak peek of this next generation and the things that they're doing, talking about, thinking about. And so I'm curious if you've had any observations about how they think about crafting and memory keeping. Um, And it's funny because when I read this question, I thought, oh, okay, well, we could do a whole podcast on the next generation. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very interesting because kind of a new buzzword um, in education is social emotional learning. Yes. Um, And I actually just taught, I taught a professional development to other teachers on Friday morning um, because I am so, I'm so passionate about this. Like this is like the, the last few years and even right before the, you know, like the pandemic before all of that, just seeing how different this generation is compared to, you know, our generation or other generations and just trying to find out what like what really brings them joy? That's the big thing for me because yeah, I have my crafting and I mean, I've crafted since I was in high school, even though it was a little different, but I loved taking photos and I loved putting them in albums or, you know, doing the old school scrapbooks or, you know, things like that. So they don't really do a lot of crafting in general, um, which is a little disappointing. Um, but I also know that many of us started our crafting, you know, as we got a little bit older. So I, I don't lose complete hope that they won't get into it. And memory keeping is really interesting. And I try to encourage it because um, they take more pictures than any other generation ever, but they don't do anything with them. And they yeah. don't have the they don't have the same value to them because oftentimes it's just a goofy face or they're literally like snapping something other than themselves just to send that Snapchat. I don't use Snapchat, but I know well enough how it works. But mm-hmm. so there's lots of photos taking place, but they're not doing anything with those photos. So I do try to 
encourage them that, you know, you have all of this and one day you're going to really want to look back and be able to see the story that you had. So I actually did a project with my two of my classes during our full remote time mm-hmm. when we were not in person. And I had them doing a, um, a documenting challenge just as a little side like participation assignment. So, you know, they still had all their curriculum and everything. But I mean, they just they had so much free time on their hands. And I wanted to help them kind of look for those bright spots. And so I would give them a prompt each week and ask them to, you know, take a photo and, you know, tell me a little bit about it. And then I was the only one that saw it, you know, they didn't have to share it and they could do it digitally or they could do it like in an album or something. And I supplied um, a bunch of crafty supplies for those that were interested in doing it on paper. Um, And I did have a student send me pictures a couple of times and she was out on her porch um, or out on her deck and she had all the supplies she'd gotten for me and she was creating her album and she was documenting. And so that made me really happy. <laughs> oh, yes, I bet. Yeah, that's you so know, cool. So, so yeah, so they, they really, but they love when you give them paper and, and, and markers or crayons to do some different hands-on activities and child development stuff that the way they light up sometimes like, oh, it's not something digital. I can be creative. Um, so I think that they, I think that some of them don't realize how much they're missing it. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Well, and I think that there's also this just the, the need for exposure to options out there. And unfortunately, you know, YouTube does is able to teach you everything. Uh, and I know my daughter's exposed to a lot of different craft ideas just because of that. Um, but also, you know, thinking about the things that we teach our kids of, you know, these are the things that you should do in terms of like, removing stains from your clothes before drying them and, you know, all of those things, but, you know, doing something with your photos to make sure they don't only exist on your phone. Like, should that be part of how we're, you know, teaching kids to become functional adults? Yeah. So just, yes, as you said, we could probably talk about for a whole hour just on that topic (laughs) alone. Yes. Now, kind of a a twist on this, I'm curious if you've had any conversations with them or just things that you've noticed about, like, I'm calling it, quote, unquote, being real, but like showing your real self, being authentic um, versus, you know, who others expect you to be. And is that is that something that gets talked about or thought about? Um, It definitely um, I, well, I can say it gets talked about in my room because again, social emotional learning is really important to me. Mm-hmm. It always has been. I think some of it may stem from my first teaching job was actually at a residential facility. So all of my students lived there on campus mm-hmm. and were there for all different reasons back to their family, not because they, you know, had done something. Mm-hmm. Um, so they needed a lot more than just curriculum. Um, and I was there for nine years. And so I think based on what I teach, based on who I am and that experience, it carried into the public school where I still like to really check in with my students and really find out like, how are they doing? You mm-hmm. know, what is going on? How can I make the, you know, my room a, a safe place, you know, a, you know, an encouraging space, a space where they feel comfortable opening up. And so they do talk about it. And I think that it's, it's an, it, this generation is very interesting. I think you still have those that are, you know, kind of trying to just fit in with what they think they're supposed to do or where, or the music they're supposed to listen to. But then you have, 
a larger population of students who are authentically themselves that really, you know, this is who I am. I'm going to dress this way. This is the music I like. This is what I like to do um, that are very, very strong in, you know, who they are. Um, which is, you know, is great. You know, sometimes I'm like, geez, I mean, I didn't have that much <laughs> confidence in who I was Yeah. Um, in high school. I was still, you know, trying to decide, you know, what music I liked or what, uh, you know, what I, my true style was. I laugh. I tell them I'm still trying to find some of it. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you I know, mean... I'm still figuring out who I am at, you know, 40 plus years old. <laughs> you know, everyone was buying those like big white, chunky heeled sneakers which probably are in on style again but right. you know and so that's what I bought when I was a freshman in high school and that's you know I tried to always like, keep up with the trends in hopes it would make me cool but you know turns out I'm just not that cool <laughs> <laughs> oh you're cool you're just a di- we're just a different cool yeah no I get it yeah and that's I, I'm I'm hoping like I guess I'm kind of, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm hopeful that there is because of the emphasis on social emotional learning and, you know, all of the things that the educational community has done on bullying over the past few decades, like we hopefully are supporting these kids into figuring out themselves and and being accepted as who they are earlier. So obviously there's still so many challenges, but um, yeah, I guess I feel trying to feel hopeful. Yeah, no, I think it's, um, I think we've gone you know, we've got a long way to go with certain things, but mm-hmm. I do, th- I do think we have done a good job of giving, you know, young people more space to be expressive, you know, and I mean, I look around the high school currently and I think, I don't even know what the main trends are because there's such variety in yeah. the way that people dress. Like, I mean, it's, you know, you, it, you cannot, there is not the here's this group, this group, this group, this group, like, you know, we could kind of do when we were in school. It's like, I don't even know what quote unquote group you maybe belong to or what trend that is. And it's not yeah. just because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> it is because it's so varied. There's just so much to it, which is great. Yes. It really is. That's it is. cool. Now, like shifting gears here a little bit, I noticed that you broadcast pretty regularly on Twitch. So can you explain what that platform is for those who may not be familiar with it? Sure. Um, And so it's a streaming platform. And um, when it started, it was a lot more um, that the majority were those who were like streaming while they were playing games, um, your different video games. Um, It has really opened up and there are other crafters on there. There are um, uh, musicians on there. There are people hosting podcasts or doing like just chats, you know, where they're just talking live. Um, to give a little tiny backstory. So my husband's a very um, tech savvy person and he was watching Twitch for, I don't even know how long before I even started Pink Crafty Cottage. And so I started out um, doing lives just on Instagram and I would do them once a week, Um, Tuesday nights, he happens to work late. So I would just like go live Tuesday nights. And, um, of course I would talk longer than the given hour that Instagram gave you. So I would talk and then have to like restart another live and everyone Mm. had to come back in. Um, and so then I switched and I was using Facebook and I was doing my lives on Facebook and, um, I had been just sticking my phone in a little like bucket thing from the dollar store (laughs) (laughs) to just like prop it up. And so I was 
just saying to my husband, like, you know, I should really get like a ring light stand or like something a little bit more professional. Um, well, God bless him. He's amazing. He was like, kept telling me, you gotta, you gotta stream on Twitch. It's the best streaming platform, you know, and I started to have issues with Facebook, just glitches and technology and stuff. So, um, so my husband did my setup. So, I mean, I have a, a designated computer. I have two monitors. One is flipped sideways so that it's vertical because he was like, you want to be able to keep up with your chat, which God bless him. The people he watches have like 14,000 followers and their chat's going a mile a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I have like 14 followers when I'm live. (laughs) I can keep up with my chat, but thank you. So, um, so that's how I got to Twitch and it's just, it is, it's a great streaming platform. Um, it's, it's very simple to use for, for people. Um, you can, you don't have to pay to have an account. You can, um, watch all the different people and you can search. It has a better search feature. Um, I think when you're looking for like different types of areas, if you're looking for crafting or different things, um, and you can chat, you know, everyone can chat with me while I'm, while I'm live and you can put your emojis in, they call them emotes, but, um, it's really user-friendly. Um, all of my kind of core, I call them crafty chicks. Um, all of my core crafty chicks, when I made the real big move from Facebook to Twitch, um, all loved it. They were like, no, this is great. It's easy to use. We actually like it better. So it was, it was a very good transition. Oh, that's so good. I was curious about that. Like, have you found that the community of people is kind of different than maybe is on Instagram or Facebook or have, you know, you've been able to kind of bring some people over? Yeah. And I've brought a lot of people over and then I've had people that have found me straight through Twitch, you know, because they follow, you know, they have, they follow other people or they're going there for different things. And so I have had people find me through Twitch and then we've linked back to like Instagram and things like that. So. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. I, um, I did a couple streams on it and, uh, I got frustrated with my own tech setup just because I always felt like there was always one thing that didn't work. And, uh, I think streaming is not for me. I prefer to do recorded videos, but I definitely fouled on, fell down a rabbit hole of all the, the gaming streamers and the tech videos that they talk about their setups. And it was like, it was so fascinating to have this whole world that I knew really nothing about and they were so smart and it was a lot of the same challenges that I'm dealing with as you know a crafty creator and having multiple web webcams and the right lighting and audio and all of that and so it was just it was cool to have a new source of you know I guess tech content yeah from that perspective yeah oh for sure and yeah if I didn't uh if I didn't have a tech husband, yeah. I'm sure I would have failed miserably on Twitch because, yeah, there is a lot. I mean, on the one hand, you can just go live and just kind of do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of other behind the scenes you can do to have, you know, you know, I ha- like I have a whole thing through Streamlabs, which is, you know, yeah. a program. So, it, you know, I have the nice little, oh, I'm start, you know, starting up soon and then you can switch. And you can have different cameras and different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it's really fun to tell high school my high school students when I tell them I'm a Twitch streamer, I especially bet. some of the boys that are like, "What? <laughs> you don't even know what that is?" Like, yes, <laughs> it does get me some uh, some brownie points <laughs> with For some sure. of them that they're like, "Well, she's cool." <laughs> Yes, yes. No, I totally get that. I definitely had some conversations with folks who like had their brains blown that was like, oh, you know what that is. <laughs> right. So I'm curious, as we kind of start to wrap up here, what kinds of creative projects are you working on at the end of this year? 
Um, so the couple things that I have um, coming up, I'm going to be making a, a fall themed junk journal. Um, and I'm doing it as a kit and a class. So I found this really cute little golden book and offered it in my community. If they wanted to purchase the whole kit and I'm going to curate everything and send it out. And then we're going to get that um, created together on some live videos so that people have it like for November. Um, a lot of people like to do their like thankful 30 or gratitude in November. So mm-hmm. And I'm also doing, for the first time, I'm trying one of the retail classes that you can purchase through Simple Stories with some of the ladies. And so we're going to do this recipe binder. So like, I'm going to buy all, you know, I have all the things to order from Simple Stories. And then it gives us all the directions, all of the, so all the things I don't do when I craft. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it was like, there were some ladies that that is how they like to do things. So I was like, let's try this. and Let's just see what this is like. So we're going to do that. I'm going to do my December daily in a junk journal. So, um, and I always see, I love to do things live. I, I don't do pre-recorded very pretty mm-hmm. much ever. I love doing things live. So, um, I'll be doing some lives on, um, probably I'll do some on Twitch cause I did this last year to go through all of my Christmas stuff and kind of get my like Christmas cart set up for this season and like, you know, work together to help people kind of go through their things, figure out what they want to use, get motivated, that kind of stuff. So that's what's on for the rest of this year. So I'm curious because, you know, we've just identified that maybe we think about doing videos a little bit differently. I'm curious what really trips your trigger when it comes to creating projects live kind of with your community. Um, I, I think it's just how, social I am. Okay. Okay. Um, and maybe it's because I'm used to teaching yeah. live. There you um, go. <laughs> you know, that I'm, I'm used to, um, cause I'm also the teacher that I, I don't love a quiet classroom. Um, I want them to ask questions and engage. And even if it means they've asked a question that, you know, takes us on a little bit of a side note in parenting or child development, I love that authenticity of like, what they're, what are they thinking? What do they want to know? Um, and I have found for a lot of um, a lot of ladies who do different workshops with me, um, they do really like watching me create something and I talk through the process, you know, so mm-hmm. even though I'm doing it in the moment, you know, I'll explain like what I'm thinking about when I'm creating a cluster, like this is what, you know, I'm debating if I want to do this, if I want to put this here. And that has helped a lot of them to see what the process is to then not just duplicate something that someone else has made, you know, but to, okay, how do I then create my own? Yes. So I love that, I love that interaction. Um, you know, I, I struggle if there's not that interaction. <laughs> oh, so this is so fascinating. I am. Yeah. I definitely want to honor and celebrate like both ways of doing it, but I definitely love when my house is very quiet and I also, um, I find that I can't focus on my own decision making if there are others uh, there or even like, especially if there's like discussion, if I'm talking, I can't think at the same time. Um, yeah. Now, if I want to get a lot of crafting done, yeah, I can't go to like a retreat because forget it. I'm going to watch and see what everybody else is doing. And I want to like look at their stuff. I want to talk to them. I want to interact and I'm not going to get a lot done. Um, so if I really want to like, hone in. I am an independent crafter and I might not even have music going. I definitely can't have 
like I can't watch like a YouTube video or something like that. Like I can't because I can't yeah. do both. Um, I can maybe listen. I do listen to podcasts. I have found I can do that. Um, but when I, if it's something that I enjoy doing that I feel like I am fairly good at, um, then I enjoy talking through the process while I'm creating it. And I enjoy people asking me questions and things like that. So sure, but sure. it does take me longer. If I'm, if I'm showing how to do a, a page, it's going to take me longer if I'm talking it through and, and answering questions, but I do love that too. Yeah. Okay. So, so fun and very cool. Um, I guess I'm also curious what you're maybe thinking about for next year, like things you want to try. You mentioned you're going to try these, um, the simple stories, like ready to go kits for, for teaching, you know, are there other things that you're thinking about both for your community and for yourself that you want to experiment with in the future? Um, yeah. So depending on how, depending on how we all like myself included, like doing the recipe binder, um, you know, simple stories does put out, um, different projects for different kind of seasons and holidays. So if it goes really well and we all really like enjoy kind of how it, um, how it comes together, then I would be, um, absolutely open to doing some additional projects from them. You know, if they have ones that, um, that are really cute. Um, I'm really trying to bring my focus back to, community though. Mm -hmm. So I want to be focusing on having more Zooms where we just get together and we are just crafting um, and not necessarily too many big events or things like that because they do take a lot of time. They do take a lot of energy. Um, it has not allowed me to do as much of my crafting as I would like. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things when I started Pink Crafted Cottage was to encourage others with my own crafting. But if I'm not crafting, Correct. I, can't, yeah. I can't encourage anyone with it. So I do want to just kind of um, kind of bring my focus more, um, like just more focused in on community. And so doing a lot of those, um, just getting together and really creating and working on whatever I might be working on. And then if the mood strikes me, I love putting together kits. I love curating kits for people to use. Um, I did my first um, Halloween. I did a spooky countdown calendar. So I made like 31 little tiny kits that you would open to then use each day oh, in October. So um, and I'm doing ones for December because I love putting together kits. I love pulling. Um, and ladies really enjoy um, the kits that I come up with because I use a lot of things that others don't always think of, um, you know, from different areas of this, you know, of this, the craft store and things like that. I'd put a lot of different components together. So I'll probably continue to do some of those as well. Um, you know, for different themes or seasons or whatever, you know, whatever is exciting me, I'll pull together. Um, and I know I'm going to have at least one or two in-person retreats. I haven't picked dates. I just know that I'm going to do them differently um, and do them at, um, I know you've been to the Paper Doll House mm -hmm. in Illinois. Doing the one this summer was awesome, wonderful, but uh, driving 18 hours and being responsible for all of the food and all of the every, every nuance was a lot. Yes. Um, and so I would like to do the community part um, and let Mary Kim do the hospitality part and <laughs> prepare yes. all of our meals and spoil us rotten. And I can just focus on the crafting and the community. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Whenever I'm asked, like, when are you going to do something in another location? And I'm like, if you can clone Mary Kim and find, you know, that exact situation somewhere else, I will happily go there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of logistics and um, yeah, I fully encourage and support your, your plan because I, I agree with it and it makes a difference. So yeah, it does. Yeah. So if, yeah, for all of our listeners, if you have, you know, a group of crafty friends, uh, definitely the paper dollhouse and the outskirts of Chicago is awesome. And definitely it sounds like that Mandy's going to have some events there as well. If you want to join up with her creative community. Yes. It's on my, it's on my list because I love going there and, and definitely the connecting at the retreat in the summer was the best part. Yes. Um, seeing the friendships that were built and, the stories that were shared and just, you know, that was the best part. So Manny, can you share where we can find you online and anything else that you haven't mentioned that might be coming up? Uh, sure. So on Instagram, I'm Pink Crafty Cottage. My website is also Pink Crafty Cottage. On Twitch, I'm also Pink Crafty Cottage. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm pretty easy to find um, in that respect. Um and as you mentioned, I'm extremely eclectic. So you'll see a lot of different, uh, different things on my feed. I like a lot of different, uh, crafts and projects. And, um, I love all of the different, different things for seasons and things like that. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else coming up. I think I've kind of mentioned everything. I did mention in February, the plan is to focus on um, Disney. Yes, so if anyone has, cool. has just Disney projects, the, there again, the focus is going to just be offering the space. So hosting lots of just live craft alongs where people are, you don't have to be working on Disney, but um, but to kind of all be in that mindset so we can share ideas and just talk about it and maybe even, you know, kind of help get us in the mood by saying, okay, you know, today is, you know, whatever, like let's, you know, wear some Mickey ears or, you know, something like that. Um, but it's just going to be a free, um, kind of month long Lollapalooza just to get us, um, getting those Disney photos and stories shared. So that sounds awesome. We will include all the links that you've mentioned in the show notes for this episode. Thank you, Mandy, for spending time with me. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.